I'm hearing little bits and stories from friends of, of Tawny that Tawny was living in fear of Vicky. We all loved, loved her, and, and, uh, but, but there was really something was, was not right. You're listening to Truly Criminal, the home of true crime. To see the video version of this case, including the footage and photos, you can find us on YouTube. Just search for Truly Criminal. Tawny Marie Baird was born in June 1993 to parents Dana Anderson and Casey Baird. Her parents would separate when she was one, but remain cordial, with Casey talking to his daughter all the time and spending holidays with her. Her family said that Tawny was a natural leader and someone that loved having a full social life. Her father remembered she had so many loyal and loving friends, it was like an entourage of people that just gravitated towards her. She lived in the city of Holiday, just on the outskirts of Salt Lake City, Utah. She enrolled at Salt Lake City Community College and was working as an accounting assistant. She was ambitious and had big dreams of being a famous singer and hoped to one day live in California by the beach. When Tawny was 17 years old, she and a group of older friends were driving around and smoking marijuana in a car when a police officer pulled them over and searched the vehicle. The officer found more weed and drug paraphernalia in the back seat. One of her friends said Tawny took the rap for everything, knowing that because her friends were older, they would have likely faced harsher consequences than her. She was charged with a Class B misdemeanor possession of a controlled substance. Her father Casey was concerned, having had his own experience with substance abuse, and decided to seek out his daughter's probation officer. He requested that she be given random drug tests, but the probation officer said he could not order this and the issue was subsequently referred to the juvenile court. Tawny was taken into the Division of Child and Family Services custody and placed in foster care with her aunt. After this, she was put into a youth treatment centre for 90 days, where she would meet Victoria Mendoza. Victoria had had a lot of troubles in her life. She had lost her father to suicide when she was just 10 years old and would often run away from home and skip school. She was frequently in and out of youth centres and facilities for various reasons. As well as losing her father, her mother was now terminally ill with cancer and she and Victoria were living on next to no money in a one-bedroom apartment in Ogden. Dana said her daughter was in a very vulnerable place when the pair met. This was not Victoria's first time in a juvenile facility and as this was Tawny's, Tawny felt very drawn to Victoria, feeling protected by her. Family and friends said it was very much a case of opposites attract. Victoria was a lot quieter and could get jealous easily and as Tawny was described as more playful and flirty, this often caused friction between the pair. One thing they did have in common, though, was a love of music, both often writing lyrics and songs for each other. What had started as a friendship soon blossomed into a romance, and the pair were inseparable. Tawny was released from the facility after her 90-day stint was up, and a month later, Victoria was let out too. Tawny and her dad Casey went to pick Victoria up, and Casey recalled that the second he saw Victoria, he was confused at how opposite the pair were, and said his gut instinct left him feeling a little wary of his daughter's new love interest. He said that although there was something about Victoria that made him feel uneasy, he knew it meant a lot to his daughter, and he accepted the relationship. Dana welcomed Victoria into the home too, and everyone embraced the new couple. Her best friend Lacey said that Victoria was quite rough around the edges, 
but it was clear that they had a really strong connection and were very in sync. They would frequently post on social media, showing a couple very much in love. But, as with many cases and lives, social media is not normally an accurate representation of the real world. The turbulence in the couple's relationship was growing ever more, and they would break up and get back together very often. When Victoria cheated on Tawny with one of her friends, Victoria uploaded a video to YouTube begging Tawny to take her back. things on my mind that I want to say but I, I keep going blank because I know that I'm recording myself and I know that I'm doing like I know that I'm on video and stuff but I'm going to just start from where I feel like I need to start and end where I need to end. First I want to say is I'm sorry for hurting you and cheating on you with your best friend and your best friend is a slut and I don't like her. She's gross and I can give a fuck less. Alright? So um, this video is like an apology to you, and the girl I'm talking about is Tawny, and I'm trying to get her back to be with me so I can keep her again and for her to give me another chance, because I'm in love with her and I love her and I want her back, and I'll do anything I have to do to show her that I can be a better girlfriend. <laughs> we met in Arctic, and... I liked you and I wanted to get to know you and stuff and one of the letters you wrote me in Arctic I read all the time because it meant a lot to me and it's probably like one of my favorite letters I have from you or whatever but uh, it says Victor at the top and it says I can't stop thinking about you I can't stop thinking about you either I miss you so much. I wish so much that you were getting out earlier, for real. I miss you so much. Now, I don't know how I'm going to be when I can't see you for that long. I like you so much, really. I am usually like different when I like someone a lot. I don't want to be with them all the time, and I don't always miss them as much as I miss you. It's different. I'm so happy that I met you, for real. I talked to my aunt, and she said, right when you get out, we can hang out, because I told her, you don't do drugs and you want to do good when you get out. Whenever I see you, I just want to jump on you. You make me so happy. I'm not afraid to tell people I like you. It doesn't weird me out at all. My family and some knows already because I always talk about you, so I always think about you. I already really trust you and like I care about you a lot. When they're being assholes to you in Arctic, it fucking makes me pissed. I always say something, man. I'm not, and I'm going to wait for you, Kay. So don't think I'm going to be out here fucking a bunch of people. No way. You're the only one I want. And I promise I'm being serious about everything I, everything I say, Kay. If you think about it, you really meant that. And just look at all the feelings that and everything we've been through when we first met each other in our program and then when we got out. Besides the bullshit that I did and all the little notes that you've wrote me and all this shit that you got me and all that shit means a lot to me, and I don't want to lose you at all. Like, I really, really, really do love you, and I'm really sorry for everything I did. And I'm just wanting to have you back in my arms again and treat you better than I ever treated any other girl before. Sure, I'm the hell I'm, don't give a fuck what anyone says about this video. You guys can fuck off and go suck a dick, because I want to be with somebody, and I'm going to do everything in my power to get her back. Instead of letting her walk free and letting her go to somebody else. That's not what I want. I want her with me. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do in my power. But until then, 
I'm not single. I'm waiting for somebody. The pair again reconciled. Victoria was initially very close with Tawny's family. Casey saw her like another daughter, and he and Dana supported her through her mother's terminal illness diagnosis. Casey was even in Victoria's mother's home when she passed away. Victoria then moved into Tawny's family home permanently. Victoria was working hard on rebuilding her life and her future. Tawny's grandmother said she paid to have some of Victoria's tattoos removed, and the family were encouraging and helping her to prepare for her very first job as a security guard. But soon, the fighting and volatility moved into the house, and Dana would often intervene in the arguments between the pair. Although the fights were escalating, she never thought Victoria would take anything any further. Tawny's grandmother said that the couple's relationship had become very codependent and unhealthy. Victoria was overly protective and resented Tawny having relationships with other people, but the pair put on a facade of acting like everything was okay. This all changed when Tawny turned up at the house with a cut and a bleeding lip and a missing front tooth. Dana knew instinctively that Victoria was behind it and said she was calling the police. Tawny begged her mother not to, knowing that because Victoria was now over the age of 18, the punishment would be a lot more severe. When Casey noticed that his daughter's tooth was missing and that Victoria had scratches on her face, he said that he was suspicious something much darker was going on, but the pair insisted the injuries were caused when a fight had broken out at a party, and nothing else was said. Her grandmother stated, Victoria knew how to manipulate all of us. She knew what to say. After Tawny had her tooth knocked out by Victoria... Her best friend Lacey felt sure that would be the turning point that made her walk away, but she acted like nothing had happened, and the pair continued on. By 2014, Tawny and Victoria had now been together for five years and would often travel to Ogden to visit relatives. And, on October 17th, 2014, they did exactly that. During the night out, the couple had yet another altercation. Victoria spent a lot of the night in the bathroom, before returning and demanding they both leave. The evening subsequently came to an abrupt end. Victoria, Tawny and Lacey all got into the car and set off home. Victoria sat in the back seat, still visibly angry about something that seemed unknown to everyone else. Tawny dropped Lacey at her door. I love you, Lacey said. I love you too, said Tawny. And the best friends parted ways. What happened next remains unclear, but according to Victoria, another argument broke out and this time, Victoria pulled out a knife. She started stabbing Tawny while she was driving, before Tawny drove into a parking lot at 2484 East Avenue in West Ogden. Victoria continued stabbing Tawny, culminating in a total of almost 50 injuries. Victoria then phoned several people, including her friend Aaron, just after midnight on what was now October 18th, telling him what had happened. Hey, where's Tawny? The police received the call and were dispatched to the parking lot. What is the address of the city of your emergency? I have to report a murder. Okay, do you know who is murdered? Yeah, her name's Tony. Authorities said who made the 911 call remains unclear, but it is thought that it was by one of the people that had been called by Victoria. When authorities got there, Victoria admitted that she had pulled a four-inch knife from her front pocket and stabbed Tawny in the heat of an argument. 
Police asked where the weapon was, and she told them it was still inside the car. Tawny was slumped in the car with stab wounds to her whole body. She was pronounced dead at the scene. It was determined that Victoria had pushed Tawny's body over to the passenger side of the vehicle before driving a while longer before calling her friend. For news. The family member was contacted by the suspect, and the family member in turn contacted, called 911. This 22-year-old woman in jail tonight, accused of stabbing her domestic partner to death during an argument. Good evening, everyone. Police say it happened early this morning as the couple was driving home to Salt Lake from Ogden. News specialist Sandra Yee has been talking to the victim's relatives and is live with our top story. Sandra. We're live in Holiday, where police say Tawny Baird lived with her partner, who is the suspect in this crime. Now, Barrett's father on Facebook told me that he was on his way back to Salt Lake City tonight from a uh, work trip out of state. But on Facebook, he did post that he was lost, hurt, and devastated over the death of his daughter. And he also said that he wants justice. They were traveling back to Holiday. But Victoria Mendoza and Tawny Baird never made it out of Ogden. Police say the couple, who had been visiting friends, began to argue during the car ride home. They pulled into this church parking lot on E Avenue, where the argument escalated. Police say Mendoza stabbed her domestic partner to death, then called a family member who showed up to the scene and called 911. But she implicated herself enough that you know, our initial response to this call was, it was someone was reporting a murder. They're now looking to see if there was any history of domestic violence. Tawny's aunt, who declined to go on camera, says Tawny was a student at Salt Lake Community College. She said her niece was a kind woman who loved her family. Police say a tragedy like this doesn't have to happen. If anyone knows anyone that's in a, a violent domestic situation, uh, feel free to report it to law enforcement and so we can intervene before something like this takes place. This heartbroken mom tells me she wishes she could have done more to protect her child, and now she's urging victims of domestic violence to get out. 21 years, she's been my baby, and it's not fair. She lights up her room. She's just always, like, so happy. A beautiful, blonde, 21-year-old college student, Tawny had been dating 22-year-old Vicki Mendoza for about five years. They'd been living in Dana's holiday home for two. I've taken Vicki in as a daughter, you know, like... Loved her. My daughter came home a couple months ago, just bawling in the middle of the night, woke me up crying, and her tooth was gone. And Vicky had punched her in the face and knocked her tooth out. Dana always threatened to call police, but was always convinced not to. They just begged me not to do it. I was so stupid. I should have done it. By early Saturday morning, she says it was too late. All of a sudden, see the policeman pull up. And so I just I knew, you know. She was gone. Victoria was charged with first degree murder. Her bail was initially set at a hundred thousand dollars, but it was soon revoked and she was denied it altogether felony murder charges in the stabbing death of her 21-year-old girlfriend, Tawny Baird. Now, most of the hour-long hearing today was spent arguing over the bail amount for Mendoza and whether or not the accused murderer is a threat to the public. 
Deputy District Attorney for Weber County, Chris Allred, admitted he was surprised to hear Victoria Mendoza's defense attorney argue she wasn't a threat to the public. We feel our case is uh, incredibly strong. There's um, overwhelming evidence, we believe. Uh, so I don't anticipate there being any problems. I don't know what sort of defenses uh, the, that they might raise at this point, but uh, I don't see any obvious concerns. Mendoza's bail was initially set at $100,000. That amount was later temporarily revoked and a no-bail order was set. Monday, the judge ordered to uphold the no-bail despite the defense arguing it was preemptive punishment for Mendoza. The argument was that it's against the constitutional requirements that she has, and that's the issue more than anything. Uh, my job is to stand up for the Constitution, and that's what I intended to do. Family and friends of Baird left the courtroom happy with the judge's decision. I'm very happy. The no bail. It's appropriate on a murder 46 times stabbed. I was really happy that um, we got the no bail for Vicki today so they can see how dangerous she is and, you know, what she's done. Now, Carly, any indication of how she's going to plea? You know, uh, the defense team has not mentioned that at all. We haven't heard from her at all either. Of course, it's still early. But today, the prosecution did mention that initially uh, Mendoza has admitted to the crime several times. Apparently, they say her initial plea was that of not guilty, and she threatened to take her own life during the hearings. It isn't my client who's a danger to the community. It's the supporters, it seems to be, of Mr. Barrett on his Facebook page who are making threats to Ms. Mendoza. Is that a consideration I should take into account? No, it's not. But the state, what's going on is the state says that Ms. Mendoza is a risk to society or a danger to the community when she's not. She's not the one who's making the threats against her. We're also concerned that she may be a danger to others, Your Honor. Uh, in this case, the defendant, Ms. Baird, had gotten into an argument while they were traveling. Uh, looks like uh, on I-15. Uh, the defendant stated that Baird had, quote, smacked her and pulled her hair, which caused the defendant to become enraged and to snap. The defendant then proceeded to draw her knife and stab Miss Baird uh, in excess of 40 times. Your Honor, uh, if a person can snap and violently attack and kill another person, with such little provocation, with such disproportionate response, we're concerned that she could also snap or become enraged in the community. All right, thank you, counsel. Very well-written briefs, well-argued. I appreciate it. Thank you. But with the evidence already so strong and the police only gathering more from friends and family, her lawyers advised that she change her plea. Victoria Mendoza eventually pleaded guilty to the first-degree murder felony charge. Um, I understand that they're hurt, and I'm hurt as well. I have no excuse for what I've done, you know. That's the main reason why I pleaded guilty. Um, you know, I did knock out her tooth, but her family also covered it. I really have nothing to say. I'm the wrong, you know, I'm the monster here, so. This is a, a case that is not a life without parole case up to the board when she gets out. Um, a lot of things that could have been said, but the reality is no matter what happened, uh, Ms. Mendoza took somebody's life and she was pled guilty to that, so we're prepared for formal sentencing now. My daughter, Tawny, had her whole life ahead of her. Tawny was a beautiful girl with lots of wonderful aura. When she walked into a room, 
you could feel the love and see the wonderful personality in Tony. Tony had a lot of dreams, like being an actress, being in the music industry, among a lot of others. Casey, along with other family members, begged 2nd District Court Judge Joseph Bean to put the 23-year-old in prison for the rest of her life. Judge Bean said his hands were tied, and he couldn't impose anything other than a 16-years-to-life sentence because it was not an aggravated murder case. Yeah, this morning, a judge handed down her sentence, but the victim's family says they're not satisfied with the court's decision. It's clear that Tawny was, uh, I think, a, a bright light. Victoria Mendoza accepted responsibility for the crime. ...of murder in the first degree, 16 years to life in prison. Do I wish it would have been harsher? Absolutely. I asked for life without parole. Family members say they understand the sentence, but think Mendoza should have been charged with aggravated murder, which could have carried a stiffer penalty. I don't see what wasn't aggravated about stabbing my daughter 46 times and then letting her bleed out. Court will remand uh, Ms. Mendoza into the custody of the Department of Corrections. The Board of Pardons determined that Victoria will not get the opportunity for a parole hearing until after she has served almost 24 years in the Utah State Prison. This will be dependent on several assessments and psychological evaluations. While in prison, Victoria started a TikTok account and a YouTube channel, despite this being a violation of the Utah Department of Corrections visitation policy. In a statement, a spokesperson said no one was aware of these recordings and the matter is being addressed and is currently under investigation. 99% of her domestic abuse I did not know about. I still carry so much guilt, things I wish I'd known and things I wish I could have done. I believe she would still be here today had I truly understood all that what was going on. If you or anyone you know has been affected by the issues raised in today's episode surrounding domestic abuse and coercive control, we've left further links to resources in the description box below. (laughs) 